Get it back over. <laughs> just make me laugh. No, just keep going. <laughs> no, keep no, going. No, totally natural. This is, you know, our audience and, and the people that watch us and listen to us know that this is, we have not been shy about saying that we're new to this. We're trying to have fun. And we you're want a married couple, guests, which is and we're so yeah, fun today. And, 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 yeah. you know, and, and mistakes are going to happen and whatnot. And we just roll yes. with it, you know, even yeah. though that wasn't really a mistake. It was just, no, it's you know not. what I mean? We're just trying to be relaxed. We want our yeah. guests to feel relaxed and everything too. This so. is made you giggle, which it does. Right? It's, you gotta relax. It's like, yeah. you know, it's part of the bantering it's, portion. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So go ahead. So, so thank you so much for joining us for part two of our very special guest, Terry Stone's interview. Yay. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do the clapping thing for oh, that one. How about I'll do it too? Yeah, we'll we do it. We can all do it. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Jesse. This is my husband. And Hello, everybody. Omar. And of course, Here we're with Terry yes. again. All right. Yeah. Terry's back. Terry's back. Yeah. We're excited to have you back. <laughs> Thank you. So, all right. So we left off with, um, on part one, we talked, we, I, I was, I said it a couple of times that we could talk for hours, um, yes. with our guests and you definitely have a fascinating story. And so, um, definitely captivated me. Um, cause there's a lot of things that I'm like, wow, she's amazing. Mm. Like, you know, just overcoming all of the things that you're, and then going yeah. through the process of grief and things like that. That's a big deal right. for a lot of people. So, um, in the second part of our interviews, typically what we do is we go over and I let Omar sort of take over. I let him be the host, you know, for the part two. Yeah. That doesn't happen all the time. No. Only for the interviews. Yeah. Do that. So it feels like everything else in life too. Right? Oh, <laughs> that's messed up. The things that I'm let you know, cook, the, cook, clean. No, 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 sorry. He is an excellent cook, by the way. So. I'm Obviously, I can't. All. I can't get this physique by just just look, just letting it happen by itself. You know, look, look at this. And people blame me, so now the truth is revealed for everybody in oh, the no. world. Now I'll they take, know. I take full responsibilities for this beautiful shape. Dad bod, maybe. The dad, dad bod. Yeah, I'm got, not afraid to hide it. Oh my god, it. I watched this video on TikTok. Oh, I'm so addicted to oh, TikTok. Me too. There's this one <laughs> couple on there. They're hilarious. They're hilarious. And she calls her husband. He has a cheeseburger body. <laughs> <laughs> and every wow. time I listen to that, I'm like, I can't. That just sounds so terrible. A cheeseburger body. That is perfect. No, you're. St- she says, no, you're still a cheeseburger. Says, no, no, stop it. I you only wonder, went to the gym once. Hey, cheeseburgers are very popular. So, <laughs> right? You know, they are. So, anyways, go ahead. Let's get too serious now. So, this, sorry, I had to say that. So, just keep it lighthearted. But so, the second part of the interview, like Absolutely, I said, we go yeah. through um, what, and I'll let you take over and sort of. Um, explain it yeah yeah. so the second part is really reflecting you know I I think that what you mentioned in your first part you do a really really good job at being introspective and reflecting on the things that happened and the reasons why they happened and we came up with this acronym called SCIAR which is a Latin word for known so the idea behind the, 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 the next set of questions is really reflecting of the things that have become known to you and how do you use those things as you, as you progressed in your life? You know, so we go to different different aspects of your of your total life and discuss the things that that you have learned and how do you apply it more importantly, right? Mm-hmm. So first, I want to start with your your personal life as an individual. Um, what are some of the the top things that that throughout your 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 quest through maturity that really stand out? Mm-hmm. and that you hold on really, really strongly to that. You know, one of the examples, just to kind of like give you an idea, is that you mentioned that sense of community mm-hmm. and the importance of the community. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, what are some of the things personally that have become known to you that you utilize to this day? 
Um, so one thing you asked me on my pre-interview questionnaire is, you know, what's kind of what your phrase, and I've, I've said this to myself so many times lately, and it's you get what you give. Okay. You really do. You get what you give. And if you are emotionally available to people and you, um, you care about people, you want to know more about people, people are going to, they're going to appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't know, it's just, I always laugh and say, I'm just nosy. nosy. (laughs) I want to know all about you. Like, I don't know, you know, and, um, and, but it truly does. Like it makes me want to know you more and people aren't heard often Yeah, and people, you know, don't get a chance sometimes just to have somebody listen so I think that that looking at where I am in this life and all the people that I have surrounding me right now, I really feel that, you know, that that I'm getting back, you know, things that I've I've given out maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, um I'm not perfect. I'm not always sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. I have I have parts of me that aren't I'm not proud of and things that I've done. I'm not way I've treated um, you know, a person or two in my life that I wasn't, you know, my best. Uh-huh. But for the most part, I feel like um I am I can give you what you need mm-hmm. because I, I just, I, I want to. Okay. You know? So I feel like, you choose to. Yeah. So, um, right now in my life, I, I keep going through that and it's not a positive thing because there's people in my life that aren't very giving back. Okay. And I question, what am I getting out of this? You okay. know, I'm giving, I'm being a little selfish. I'm being a little rebellious <laughs> where I'm saying, what, what am I getting back from this person? I'm doing this, this, and this, or maybe I expected this yeah have i gotten much back uh-huh. and i really haven't so why is this person still in my life and why am i spending so much energy on this mm-hmm. so that's been a big one right now okay. that's a big deal because i yeah. think a lot of people you spend a, a good portion of and i think it particularly happens now that i'm older too because we're about the same age mm-hmm. and um where we give a lot to our relationships because you that's just what you do right and then you start to realize that your time is important mm-hmm. And your energy is important and you start to sort of reserve that and start to take it. Cause I know I've done yeah. that too. Um, and, and, and you're, you're more, and does that have anything to do with you knowing that time is of the essence? Mm-hmm. Like life is, is, um, it short. Has, yes. And it also has to do with the past year and who was by my side gotcha. and who helped me through the hard things and was there even if it was something little, yeah. it was constant and it, and it was reassuring and it was helpful. Yeah. And if, um, so looking back, it's, it's every, it has everything to do with that. Gotcha. But you know, it, it took that for me to understand that yeah. people, people I know all the time are like, I've been doing this for years. Well, I haven't, mm-hmm. I've been taking crap and yeah. carrying guilt and, and do all these things for so many years, but now it's just like, no. Like, well. yeah. uh, let's talk about also back to that known part, uh, because you, you mentioned that, about uh the dark side Mm -hmm. you know um one of the things that i'm big on is understanding your shadow side you know using carl jung's word uh we know we do have a have a really bad temper it's Mm -hmm. like one of my the darkness that i have to keep in check you mentioned that that you know that part of you how do you discover it and how do you deal with it so that it doesn't come out as often i see it with um i see it and we're very open in my with my siblings, my parents. We see it in each other. Oh, okay. Um, we we have names. We have a name for it. Oh, really? 
Are you going to share? <laughs> yeah. So, I like um, to hear this. Yeah. My dad is of German descent and his last name is Schwartz. <laughs> and we get to a blowing point, you know, and we call it a Schwartz attack. Uh, and so my dad has it. My brother and I have it. Uh-huh. My, um, you know, my, my, maybe I see it sometimes in one of my daughters. My, one of my nephews has it. We go, Oh, he's, and you see it. You can visually see how it starts. Uh-huh. You see the build, you see the explosion, but also, I mean, there are other things that we see in each other, but, um, we're very open about it uh-huh. and we see it and we're, we talk about it. Um, I know, I know my limitations. My kids know when I'm getting there, mm, you know, our, and so I feel like, it's just something we communicate about frequently in my, in my, in my family. That's wow. Good. Yeah. That's really good because the Schwartz I, attack, it's the, a very catchy term. It yeah, is no, very I, catchy, I very was catchy. thinking, I was thinking about, uh, space balls, the Schwartz oh, is strong with you. Like I haven't ever heard that. <laughs> like you haven't I, know. I was just going to say, have you heard that? Like all throughout your entire, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. The Schwartz is strong Awful. with you. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's like, um, for people to have developed that awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's a part of the, the, the yeah. ski are that we talk about. I don't know. Omar no. hasn't gotten there yet, but to have that awareness yes. is, and the, the truth to be able to say to someone, you know, yeah. I'm getting there. about to have a Schwartz attack. Right. Like I need five minutes. Yeah, but yeah. you know, how healthy <laughs> would that be for most, um, any relationship, husband, wife, parents, yeah. kids, siblings, whatever that you could actually just say, all right, I need to, yeah. I'm aware enough and I understand myself enough. And this is what's happening. I need to time yeah. out, time yeah. out right now. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's, neat right it's pretty cool actually <laughs> it is i mean because uh, most people are not i mean the name i mean the fact that you named it yes it's it's, it's fun amazing. to see it through the generation mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that you guys sit back and just kind of like laughed at it laugh at it and- um we there's rules oh you know, okay like i remember um watching my brother have one when he was moving and he was trying to put a, a shelf on the wall where you have those a- those actual like specific places yeah the it has, and I remember going, oh, here it goes. <laughs> here it goes. And, the, and the rule is you you don't call out, oh, watch this. He's going to have a Schwartz attack. Oh, or you okay. don't, you just don't, you don't intervene. You you try to, oh, let me take that for you. Let me try. But yeah. you okay. never, when in the moment, you. Yeah. Yeah. You let it ride. You let it ride. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That is, that's awesome. <laughs> you know? You'll have one and you'll say, oh, I just had a Schwartz attack. I got to tell you. Oh, I want to, I want to name my attack, my Schwartz, my Schwartz attack. What I are like we, that. what are we going to name it? The Schwartz attack. I'm going to take, I'm just going to, you know, like, you hear like cultural appropriation. I'm appropriating that. Right. You don't mind, right? Why not? Not at all. I mean, you, you named it. So, um, what, what else in your personal life? I mean, you talked about, um, this sense of community, the Schwartz attack, what else has become known about yourself, um, throughout the early part of your journey uh, up to this point? I, I don't know. I just, I'm at that point where I, I really am figuring a lot out right now. Okay. I really do like all that, um, all the wandering I've done for 47 years uh-huh. has kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where I'm going, okay, what are you going to do next? Mm-hmm. What are, what are your goals next? What do you want to do? You only have half your life is over. Yeah. If you're lucky. Uh-huh. What do you want to do? So I am just now starting to develop where I want to be in my life. You know, yeah. I, I got my master's degree, not because I wanted to progress in my career. I wanted the extra money that it was going to pay as a teacher. Yeah. Uh-huh. I knew I could not have to work extra jobs and extra pick up extra um, supplements 
if I got a master's degree, I get paid more. Yeah. So that's why I, I mean, again, the, the, just the, what's, what should I do now? Oh, yeah. I'll go get my master's degree. Yeah. And I was in, I was um, 35 when I got my master's degree, okay. but it was because I wanted more money. It yeah. wasn't because I had goals of becoming a leader or a, an administrator. Uh-huh. No, no, still. Do, do okay. you feel like, um, and I didn't mean to cut you off, yeah, but sure. do you feel like, um, what it what from hearing your story and here and go I know that we talked in uh, your first part of your interview about you sort of evolving now mm-hmm. as a result and and it, it almost seems like in your 40s that's when we start to yeah. do that anyways we start to question things and we start to look at things differently and, yeah. but do you feel then because of all of these experiences to date that now you're you're more um oh my gosh I lost the word mm-hmm. um more determined you have more purpose i guess and so now your decisions are based Mm -hmm. on a purpose yeah instead of the i'm just gonna do whatever just because yeah because that's you were very lackadaisical or whatever in the first part of your life or up until even you know recently but now these things Mm -hmm. have happened to you've experienced loss Mm -hmm. and you're going through stages of grief so do you think that those that known Mm -hmm. Is that now you're having more, you do things with more purpose. Yes. And I've always felt this job that I have is a good fit for me. Mm. I felt like maybe this is, you know, although I don't get to work directly with kids anymore, but I do, I, I do help others push to help kids. Mm. I do. I always felt this was the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't have the experience of the trauma yeah. that a lot of these kids had. I didn't, I didn't know what it was like to lose someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know that suffering. So, um, I definitely feel like where I landed is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Um, my kids, are, my mother being a mother is my purpose in my life. Number one. So, um, I know that much. I know that I should, I like my career. I should stay. I could make I have a fulfilled life in my yeah. career. I have a full full life at home, but from from you know even till seven years when I when I'm done, what what's next for me? No. You know what? So yeah. all these things, the reflection and the the future is that that point I'm at where I'm. So that that that's a perfect segue into the next part of what's become known when, in regards to that question because that's more of the existential mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. as to what's my what's my next path? Right. Like what. Which, uh, I have this fulfilling parts in my life, these aspects, and they're compartmentalized, compartmentalized, but good. But now is venturing into the unknown. Mm-hmm. And the reality of what you mentioned earlier is like, you know, we're all in our 40s, so we have, what, 40 years left on this earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so what has become known to you about that uncertainty and that existential yeah. Uh, existential question and the inevitable the inevitable i go two ways and that's where that this the floundering is too i go with um you yeah what's next harry like make a list what's your bucket list like what do you want to do and then i have the other side going my path is laid out for me already which kind of is how i've led my whole life like Uh i'm just gonna go where i'm led and trust in God. Uh-huh. And then, you know, so I kind of go back and forth and it's a weird place to be. Okay. It's a weird place to be. What do you mean by like a weird place? I mean, that's because that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty interesting because that uh, we talked to uh, um, Dr. Ruther a couple of episodes before and he talked about the fork in the road. And that sounds like the fork yeah. in the road. Yeah. So how does it feel? Like, tell, t- take us through that. I don't that. know who's in charge of my life. Hmm. I really don't. Okay. Is it me? 
or because God already showed me he's going to do what he wants. Uh-huh. He's going to do what he knows he laid out to do. Mm-hmm. This is like in my brain, you know, after all this reflection, this was what was supposed to happen. This was going to happen. This is the reasons why look, look at all this proof, Terry. This is what was supposed to happen. This is what I planned out. So who is in control? Am Ooh. I in control? Is he in control? Do I make the calls? Do I decide what I'm going to do? Uh-huh. Or should I let fate intervene, which is how I've lived my whole life. And it's come out pretty great uh-huh. aside from my husband dying, you know? So what Crazy. do I, what yeah. do I do? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just really in that spot where, yeah. I mean, and luckily, and you and I talked about this at break, I have, a purpose of my, my kids. I have to raise my girls. I have to make sure they're okay. Yeah. And that's where I am right now. That's yeah. my only focus right now. That's what gets me up every day. That's what keeps me going. Yeah. That's my focus. It's not really on. So what's else. the end? Because if you feel that, well, everything's already being laid out. And for me, you know, it's look, look, you know, you asked that question. God said, well, this is what, what I've done. And this is kind of like, and I've, I've, I live a good life. So if that's the case, why do you still choose to be nice to people. He stole and, my question. Oh. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It's a good question. Because it makes me feel good. It makes me, you know, it makes, it inspires me. Okay. It, 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 it cheers me up. It, 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 it is all about me, I guess. But it helps me. It helps mm-hmm. me because I, like I said, that emotionality I need that. That's mm-hmm. what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where that support comes in. And that's where the great, the gratitude comes in. And, and Terry, look at all these people that are so great. And mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you when Troy died, I had, I had two months off. I had people donating. I had an envelope given to me um, right before Troy died from his teachers that he worked with. Oh. That, li- that literally I took and I handed over to the funeral parlor. I didn't have to even pay to bury my husband because the generosity of the people that we loved took over for me. And um, I'm constantly reminded of that. So if, you know, the, that part of me continues, you know, that part of me isn't angry. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still like in total awe of the support and the love that are still surrounding us. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that um, support and that community and, and I know that you have a very, a very serious amount of gratitude for all of that. But do you think that that um, helps you to stay focused on? Yeah. Because when, when you're talking about like, I don't know who's in control, you know, I get, this could be hijacked for me at any point, you know, or whatever. Um, It reminds me of Omar has a picture of the universe Uh um, actually hanging here in our studio and we'll have to show it to our audience one day, but, and it shows you how, little yes how little we are (laughs) like we're just so minute you know but you have such a big life and there's so much going on and there's so much that is still out there to be explored and you're evolving and this experience has brought you to where you are today and but how little we are in this universe yes but also really what is important because that's what's important when the chips are down who is there and the chips are down you know um, who's going to pick you up? Right. And um, that's what I continue to say to myself, yeah. you know. And people are cheering for us yeah. and the girls. People are continuing to cheer to cheer us on and, and to ki- continues to pick us up, you know, yeah. all the time. Yeah. So there's really not, um, aside from the loss and the emptiness that we feel and that, mm-hmm. that person, mm-hmm. you know, we have so many things around us still that, that we have to be, you know grateful for what would you say to those people um 
because you've known so much so much stuff and that and, and and it does feel great when you have that support system um even with all the obstacles and all the all, all the stuff like what did you say to the people that feel alone and but they I, they mm-hmm. they can't see that there's so so much good out there yeah. too and and you chose your profession well the profession <laughs> chose you <laughs> yeah. but you still went into that particular profession with that same outlook of helping others mm-hmm. like what would you say to people that feel that that's not the case but what would you say to them i just feel like everybody has something to offer you know everybody has something to give and um everyone needs to find that within themselves you mm-hmm. know um there's a lot to say about a passion and what, the, you know, what excites you, what, what makes you happy. Yeah. So you really have to just find that. Yeah. That's not always yeah. easy. No, it's not. It's not always easy yeah. when, when there's all this, like you, we talked about in your part one, you know, yeah. it's all this noise and stuff going on and you just feel so. Mm-hmm. And you have to stuck. express, um, you know, you have to express, you have to open up and, and let it out. And mm-hmm. I was telling Jesse too, like people say, how are you doing so good? And I say, I work with guidance counselors, mental health counselors, and yep. social workers every single day. Mm-hmm. And at least once a day, someone will go, how are you? And I'll say, yeah. you have 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like a constant, like, you know, you too. You would come yeah. in, pop in to say hi, and we'd end up having a conversation that was like, this is exactly what I needed today, yeah. Omar. Thank you. Yeah. And you have to be And vice versa. <laughs> yeah. And you'd have to be, you have to be able to communicate and talk and, mm-hmm. and be open and honest and without judgment. Yeah. From others, you know? and, and do you think the education system is evolving into allowing that? I mean, uh, one of the things that I that I, I liked, uh, and and I, I don't know if you noticed this, but the the Florida governor passed a resolution saying that it, we are required to have a minute of silence every day, mm. um, and you could pray, you could meditate. There's no discussions going on. It's just time for a student just to be. Is the education system evolving more into a, uh, doing that? Like, what are some of the things that they're doing t- in addition to that to make sure that our kids are evolving in that mm-hmm. they have that space? Yeah, you uh, you know, we're trying to bring back that com- sense of community to our classrooms. Mm-hmm. And it's much harder in element or for middle and high schoolers because we have seven classes a day and they're yeah. coming and going and these poor teachers have 130 kids a day and mm-hmm. there's no time to sit and get to know you. Yeah. But, but this is what our kids need most right now. So the fact that we're pushing in things that we need them to do, you know, it's community building circles and mm-hmm. we're trying to do more mental health awareness and what things to look for. And, and really even for people like our bus drivers, um, yeah. a, you're the first person they see every morning, a greeting. Hi, mm-hmm. I'm Miss Kay, you know, you know, welcome, have a great day. Yeah. You know, just yeah. simple things like that. Like, some kids don't have that. Some, you know, it's just the awareness. So it's be, it's a really amazing time right now in education for the mental health. Yeah. So, and, and again, it's like, it's just translates to everything in life. I mean, because we are evolving in terms of being nicer to people. Yeah. Yeah. How, you know, how long, if somebody asks you how you're doing, just that. I know. Makes such a difference. Yes. Makes such a difference. Yes. Yeah. It's helped me tremendously. It's gotten me through hard times. Yeah. It does. I mean, that's like one of the things that I really enjoyed about what I see happening in education. I mean, we understand that you will get the knowledge and we could get the knowledge a lot faster now because of technology mm-hmm. and things, but just getting back to that human yeah. 
connection yes it's yeah. very key and that's kind of like the epitome of your of your mm-hmm. uh professional life and personal life mm-hmm. um but now i want to get into like a theme of your of your quest right um mm-hmm. which is and i, I segue really quickly right that's that okay one? i was actually going to go into this oh, so that. that's good that you're you know kind of like the theme of of the last year of your life mm-hmm. which is really confronting death so close to you mm-hmm. can you take us through that process you alluded to you know the he's uh, troy's uh the beginning of the disease and mm-hmm. w- the progression of it mm-hmm. can you, i know this is going to be a little no, hard okay. but can you can you expand and let us know okay how did it start and yeah. and how did it progress yeah. and and how do you how you deal with it along the way um you know looking back and that's that's a very much a big part of the process of the grief is that timeline of Mm -hmm. events and really going over it in my head over and over and helping my girls to see how this all went down because it was within a year yeah he started in 2000 i mean he's always had funky blood work and we always were monitoring and he'd always be like it's okay you know it's not a big deal but you know his mom passed away my husband's mother passed away when he was nine and she had some some funky blood stuff too so it was more like a wait this is kind of weird that you know Mm -hmm. um and then it just became you just don't look good what's Mm. going on so we had started to amp up and push the doctors for uh, more specialists can you please give us a referral to this this and this um and the process happened very fast it was january we were really worried about how bad he looked february he was in the hospital Mm -hmm. and it was sort of like the the doctor down in jupiter was like this is what's going on with you like wow you you're gonna you're you're gonna need a bone marrow transplant you know you're gonna your organs that and then we just the spiral started and then COVID hit yeah which mm-hmm. was a blessing and a curse because as sick as Troy was you know when you're not producing blood and bone marrow you're very tired yeah and so to be a teacher all day 11th grade American history he was tired he was exhausted so COVID hit and we were able to just okay thank God you're home you can rest and um I was still doing my job at home he was doing his job what he could but i was picking up the pieces at night yeah so that entire spring it was me working my day job and then at night he and i he trying grade papers and answering emails and and creating coursework that we then had to transfer to a different platform that he was used to Mm -hmm. being an old school teacher with powerpoints 10 years old <laughs> no, now we gotta we gotta do this and so he was just like google okay, classrooms yes. and all this stuff yes. like, mm-hmm. I, can't, I cannot handle this it was really hard so yeah. my days were spent doing that that from march um to you know april may it was my day job and then my night job yeah. um meanwhile keeping an eye on him keeping my girls you're zooming what do you got it was a blur it's mm-hmm. all a blur it was very difficult um then the the stress of I'm just gonna try to go through this fast because everybody's been through it. But the stress of just COVID in your home, mm-hmm. for us it was terrifying because we knew if he was exposed and he got mm-hmm. sick, he he would. They, the doctor said he would he would die. He is not strong enough. Right. Yeah. Um. And so then it was a total isolation. Um. The girls could not do their travel sports when they're very competitive. They're in very competitive clubs, so they knew their team was practicing and they weren't. And they weren't. And here you have two social kids that i love sports and we and it was something troy and i battled with like Mm. terry let them do their sports no if i can't have them with a burden that they could bring this home to you Mm -hmm. like they that's not fair to them if something happened to you because of the exposure they would blame themselves their whole life so those that time was very hard for our family um and then 
um, once school started, he actually did take the leave. Okay. Um, and that was hard. And then it was even more challenging because he had gotten so much worse through the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, what was, what was, what was his state of mind as it was going through this? You know, that's my biggest regret when I think about his death in the past year is that, and my, my therapist was funny. She's cause she actually got to meet Troy the last few times. Cause I was really pushing the counseling on him at the end. And she got to meet him and she said, Terry, if I would have just listened to you, I would have thought everything was going to be fine yeah. and he was going to be fine. Cause uh-huh. in my mind we were going to get through this. Uh-huh. I was doing everything I had. I had total control of the medication, the amount of proteins he needed I had everything. I knew exactly. I had a notebook this thick of everything. Every doctor ever said to me and I had record. I was on it. Yeah. This is not going to happen under my watch. And so she was like, if I would have known that, if I would have believed you and it wasn't until she met him that she was like, Oh no. Um, and he had said to her and she shared this with me. Um, he never let his emotions show Mm -hmm. because he didn't want me upset me. And I didn't want him to see me sad because I didn't want him to think I was giving up on him. Yeah. So here you have two people that love each other so much. They, neither one of them want to show that they're scared and they're afraid. Uh And what are we going to, what happens if, so we just, we, every day we were like that we're going to get this call Mm -hmm. and you're going to get a a organ transplant and we're going to be fine. We're, and so we never, ever talked about it. Mm. And I could see the sadness. I could see the defeat. I could see that he was, he slept so much. I could see him, but I knew any second we were going to get this call. We were going to get this yeah. call. So when he, um, when I, his blood pressure started to rise, he started bloating. I just knew something wasn't right. And I he had a doctor's appointment that morning. He couldn't wake up. I finally got him up and we left the house and midway down 95, I realized I need to take him to Miami. Like okay. that's where his his specialists were. And I got him down there and and he never came home. Mm. So um, my biggest regret is we didn't, we never talked about it. We never talked about it. And, you know, that's that's hard. So then you were trying to protect him yeah. and protect the girls. Yeah, like and I wasn't going to give up. There's no way you're going to There's die. no way. We're not even going to talk about it. Yeah. And he was feeling the same way. He was feeling, I'm probably going to die, but I don't want to upset her. I don't want to be a burden. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, she's already handling everything. Uh My job, her job, the girls, the bills, the COVID, every, uh, he did not want to, to burden me with that Mm -hmm. and share, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's, that's one thing I regret. And there were, were there any conversations as to, any type of conversations besides not wanting to share and make the other person feel weak? Like, did he share anything uh, with the counselor? Oh, with you, oh, with me, or or both? I just, um, he just was so sick of being sick. Okay, he was so sick, and he kept saying, "I'm so, I don't know how much more I can do this. I am so sick of being sick." And I would pump him up because that's what Terry does, and yeah. she's gonna blow smoke up your butt. And she's <laughs> gonna make you feel like you can do this, and we're gonna get. And yeah, he, I think he know, yeah. I think he know, you know. So can I ask a question? Real no, quick? Go ahead. Um, with all of that and the fact that you guys were sort of protecting each other, cause that's what it sounds like. Yeah. You were just, you know, do you think that he was ready to go? Like, I think, I think in some way, shape or form, yeah. he knew it yeah. was inevitable, but do you think that he was mentally prepared or mentally preparing for exiting um, he had to be. 
He had to be. But you really never talked about that. No, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't. You were his cheerleader. Yeah. You really it's, were. It's, it, that's a been, a, uh, when you talk about my identity, you don't have to be that all the time now, Terry. You yeah. don't have to be a cheerleader. You don't, sometimes it's okay just to show your weakness or, or let someone show their weakness mm-hmm. or, or just not do anything. Yeah. So that, that has been a big Whoa. That sounds like one of the, the knowns yeah. in your yeah. life that you've discovered yes. as a result of this. So then the the question to piggyback that or couple with that is then when it comes to death, how do you feel about that for your finality? Because at some point, that though that's yeah. a sure thing. We're all going right. to exit at some point. How do you feel about that I, for you now? You know, I, I think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. I, of course, pray every single day that I live long enough to be old so that my girls don't have to worry and be scared that, you know, that I'm going to go. So I pray every day that, you know, please just let me have a long life for them. But if I go, when I go, I, it's, I've always felt, Terry, you have, you've gotten everything you've ever wanted. You found you. And when I met Troy, the minute I saw him, I, I thought, who is that? <laughs> and then it was, oh, he has a girlfriend. Oh, but she lives in Tallahassee. Oh, you know, it was just like I said, it was this this draw to him, and 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 then I married him. Like that was mm-hmm. a dream come true. Like this man was like, and you'll ask anybody I know that knew us then, it was tumultuous, but it was it, he was my dream come true. Like mm-hmm. I just we connected instantly. I got to have two children. I got to have a baby, carry a baby. I got yeah. to I got to do all those things. That I I just wanted, and I have this amazing life and this amazing. So, like when it does, I think I've had a freaking amazing life, yeah. you know. And he'll be there. Uh-huh. So I'm, I, I am not scared to die. I am, I'm excited to see him. I, I know, knowing what I've been through in the past nine months, getting amazing clarity with signs that he has given me. Mm-hmm. I know he's still there. I know there's a heaven. I know there's a place that I will be able to continue to watch my children grow and, and yeah. see my grandchildren. And so I'm not scared anymore. I used to be, you know, I still have questions. Like I said, I want to know everything. Yeah. Like what are some of those questions that you have? Like give me um, some of the questions like that, 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 are you cu- that you're curious about as you move forward. Yeah, um, about, about death. About death. Yeah, about dying. You know, it was funny because right when he passed, um, I had heard, oh, you have to look for the cardinals and, you know, here and that. And, I, and I, I'm like looking at the turtle in my backyard. I'm like, is that you? you know? And I'm like, and, and I'm like, I said to my sister, I'm like, well, where is, like, where is, but where is he? Uh-huh. Like, where is he? I just, because my sister's much more in tune spiritually than I am. And, um, and she goes, you know, there's probably like an orientation or something. He's there. So, um, so I, I just, um, I've read so much since then. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I, but I just like the, the things I said in the first half, like what, when are you here? Are you here when I need you? When I, can you hear me when I talk to you? Yeah. Or, you know, are you there for the girls? Do you see what they're doing? Like, I, I almost want to go see a medium because I feel like <laughs> I need to know, I need to yeah. hear from him, you know? I, and, um, I, I ask him even this morning, please help me with this 13 year old. Like, please <laughs> help me. <sighs> I wish I could just let me, let me close my eyes and hear your voice. And sometimes I do, you know? Yeah. So it's all those questions of the unknown, but I know, I know there'll be an afterlife. I feel, and personally, I feel there is, you okay. know, I feel that, that there's. What about the girls? Like, well, while all this stuff was happening yeah. and they're seeing this, <clears throat> uh, they're seeing their father, 
mm-hmm. dying. Yeah. How do you engage with them? Yeah. What? How do they engage with you? How do they engage with the situation? So you know, it would be I'd be we'd be saying good night, and at at some point Troy couldn't get up the stairs anymore, so I'd be kiss, kissing them good night, good night. Mm-hmm. And my eleven, my at the time ten year old mom is Dad going to die? And at first I was like, no, dad's not going to die. He's just, you know, we're going to get fit. And, and then it was, okay, if dad dies, we're going to be okay. Yeah. You know? Um, so, and with the 13 year old, she is angry. Um, she is very much, um, she does not want to share emotions. So mm-hmm. she's very closed off. I am, I feel her pulling away from me, withdrawn, and I'm pulling her back no. constantly. Um, I started getting her in counseling although it's kind of a fight every time but it's i've noticed like the optimist is like she's fighting me less every time every time yeah so i think she's liking it yeah um the younger one is really hasn't i haven't seen the stages yet mm-hmm. she is my protector she is my uh, shelby will hug you i will hug you okay, i'll give you 10 <laughs> hugs you know? so she's become um the protector which you know i i love it but I don't want her to feel that she has to be that to me all the time. So it's um, in that sense, that's where I'm busy. So she sounds a lot like you because she she's is. the second born. She's she doesn't want to upset me. Yeah. She wants to please me. She's cued in on my ups and downs. Uh-huh. Um, she, yeah. She's emotional. She's her and I, which why is Shelby is so having such a hard time is because Troy was, her person. Her person. And when I yelled at her, she'd go to dad and she's Daddy. Me and I would say, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Has she had, have any of them mentioned to you, um, like, what is, why did this happen? How did they come up and ask you that? kind of, we've kind of, they've been through it like all along with us. Uh-huh. You know, it's been, okay, this is what, and, and that was my attempt to keep the anxiety low. Okay, this is what's happening today. Tomorrow dad goes to the doctor and this is why. Mm. Their fear is, okay, this happened to dad's mom. This happened to dad. Is this going to happen to me? Yeah. You know, yeah. so we're trying to really just know, you know, this is something we can work and we know more now. Yeah. We yeah. know more now than dad did. Yeah. We didn't know what happened to his mom. But now we know, I have a book this thick. Yeah. I'll tell you yeah. everything that happened. So we know, so it's that that's a part of it too that juggling of emotions and and making sure they're not getting too deep in into the withdrawing and yeah. and always keeping the answers coming and the questions open and plus you plus you've learned you know genetically speaking yeah something that could be potential that way as as they begin to create their families Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. evolve their families they know this is a potential we need to be aware we need to be yep uh, diligent these are the signs these are the signs Mm -hmm. and then you could catch things up front yeah 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 no, that's that's uh, I mean, that's a great, that's created, a great lesson. Yeah. Created an awareness, yeah, yeah. heightened yeah. awareness, so. right? Yeah. Um. So you've gone through so many things, and you've seen so much stuff, and I commend the fact that you are not bitter, and that you continue continue to have an optimistic um, point of view when it comes to life, even though you're at the fork in the road. Mm-hmm. And don't know precisely which direction you would like to go. But as you look back on your life and now with an awareness of how you want to move forward, what would you say would be your philosophy of life? Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Why do you have to ask a hard question, this right? This is hard. <laughs> this is, I mean, that's strugg- something I'm struggling with. Yeah. 
Um, but again, it comes back to, you know, you get what you give Mm -hmm. and, um, it's not about us all the time. And we were put here to help others and to, to give our best to others and to help each other along the way. So Mm -hmm. maybe that would be something I would probably staple. That's a good one. That's a a very good one. Because I think that we've lost that humanity. You know, we are, we all are so overwhelmed. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. And and I think having more compassion for other people allows you to recognize that we're all on our individual paths, but we're not alone. Right. If we don't, you know, we have that choice. You know what I mean? I think. And I think this is a perfect example of how, you know, you serendipitous find your way into this profession. And you choose, do you say, like you mentioned, you, I don't know exactly what God has in store for me and whatever, but I know that I'm here. While I'm here, I choose mm-hmm. to be sunshine and rainbows <laughs> <laughs> and do those type of things. So yeah. that's that's the the part that's, um, that's really good. I remember, and I just want to say this little story so that we could begin to kind of like wrap up because this is kind of like the how you are at the fork and how you're going to move forward. I remember you and I having a conversation with a young, with a student and another educator was there and she was very adamant about this is, I knew from the beginning what I wanted to do. This is who I am. This is what I, oh, I always knew what I wanted. And then you and I looked at each other and we're like, <laughs> listen, we're here, but we didn't know exactly what we wanted. You know, I don't know. Okay, we're just, just, we're just going with it. But, you know, you could also have that choice too. What do you say to um, those um, Generation Zs and millennials that are struggling with that question and, you know, but you could still make a life that's worthwhile. What are you? Yeah. What are some of the tips and some of the things that you will say to them? Well, you always ask. You know, when you're when you're a grown up, you always ask the kids, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny because I tell people, I tell kids, this job that I have, it's made up. Like it's made <laughs> up. It's molded into this from the need that was created because we had a problem. And so you always just have to first before you even decide what you know. And this is where all these surveys come in that we like to give, you know, our middle schoolers uh-huh. career interests, like, but really what are your interests? What are your passions? And, and then, then maybe you just let, let the dice fall where they, you know, where uh-huh. they go. So, um, that's kind of what I say, you know, I laugh and say, I know I still don't know what I do. I just, um, I know what I love. I know what inspires me. I know what drives me and motivates me and, and, and what I thrive on. Uh-huh. And I, kind of just look for that in a job Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't fit then you you know you're quietly trying to find it kind of like what you're doing in your life right now you've you've done the blue collar jobs you've done the you've done this route you've done us and you feel the pull to to do this so Mm -hmm. i think that for our kids even more importantly than deciding a career path and you know let's get you duly enrolled (laughs) let's just figure out what you love what do you Uh like yeah like what Mm -hmm. do you like to do Mm -hmm. and you know because that's where you that's where you hook them yeah yeah it's not a test score or it's not a it's a hook uh because if you got them doing what they love they're going to excel and they're going to flourish so definitely I think that's where we fall short yeah. when it comes to our kids today right. is that we don't allow them. We're so rigid in yes. um, make, you know, driving um, education into them instead of like what Omar says, you know, drawing it yes. out of them. Right. And, and that involves 
um, discovering what they love and what, well, who is this person yes. and what, you know what I mean? And that's yes. a big deal. So that's and that a good one. that requires adults to stop and have conversations with kids right. mm-hmm. and, and build relationships with kids and care and tap into all that. Sometimes it takes a grown up to go, I've noticed you, you know, even my neighbor, yeah. she is starting ninth grade next year and she mm-hmm. signed up for like computers for her elective. I hear her singing on a little piano and uh-huh. I'm like, why are you not signed up for a chorus? Yeah. yeah. And um, I talked to her mom and she's signed up for chorus and she's so excited. Like yeah. she was worried about starting school. Now she's excited about starting yeah. school. So it's just like that little little tweak just yeah. probably changed her whole outlook yeah. on the next four years. Yeah. yeah. So And I think it's about being inquisitive and, and yeah. as an adult. That's one of the things that I love about Omar is that he's always taken the time with younger the younger generation, the people that he's worked with to and not everybody appreciates this, but um, to take that time to to listen, yes, and and ask questions mm-hmm. and not make conversations about himself, but more about them. Yes. Yeah. You know what drives you, and you know. And so. what I've noticed about a lot of kids is um, they want to be invisible. Mm-hmm. Like we even with yeah. my my daughter, she, when we get together with family, she sits on the corner of the couch and she pulls out her phone and she's like, "Leave me alone." Yeah. yeah. And no, you're not going to be. And she hates it. And my sister in law does it best. She just pulls her right. Yeah. What's going on? How's volleyball? You know. And yeah. she just and she'll roll her eyes. But then next thing you know, she's having a conversation. Yeah. And and. It's easy to be invisible, but we don't want kids to be invisible. We want them to have relationships with adults mm-hmm. yeah. that they trust and mm-hmm. they can come to, you know. How do you how do you muster up the courage? Um, or how would you advise people to, to, to have the courage to listen to themselves and be able to connect the dots like you have? Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned that I came back home would it tell between my legs? I didn't know exactly what to do. I have this degree. I don't want to do it. But you went and it's like, okay, well, you know, it's a suggestion from your mom. It's like, yeah. well, why don't you try this? And, and then you try that. And then from there, things began to develop. Mm-hmm. But it was almost like a, this intuitive. Yeah, it was intuitive. It was, okay, been there, done that. What's next? Yeah. You know, it was kind of like when I was doing the, co-teaching mm-hmm. and i was just getting annoyed that i i would teach this lesson like this yeah i had my own classroom like, <laughs> and then it was okay now this job's opening and i feel burned out so i uh-huh. should so it was always that push but um in my personal life i've always journaled okay just amazing at this yeah. point in my life because i've journaled since i was um in my 20s and it was the whole course it's been the whole course of my life and the things and sometimes i think i go back and maybe i should like burn some of these early ones. No, no, don't do that. I know I wouldn't, but no. like for my kids to read like some of the insane like thoughts that I was thinking, like yeah. embarrassing, like what was she thinking? Or uh-huh. it was, but it's it's just the growth. You see the growth of you personally when you look back, and plus it's really cool to see my story with Troy on my side when yeah. I was twenty four uh-huh. when I met him, and you know, like it's just it's fun and it's fun to. That's the reflection part too. Like, look at what you were. Yeah. Look at what you were thinking. <laughs> what were you thinking? Why were you with, you know, past relationships and what I learned from it. And journaling is an amazing key tool. tool. Yeah. Um, and even if it's just like right now, I'm, I'm quoting things a lot. Like I'll see on, you know, Instagram, like good quotes to remember and just little things like mm-hmm. that. Sometimes yeah. I just do. 
but it's okay. and it's a, and and you see the evolution. Yes. Yeah, you see the evolution within those pages, yes. and 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 kind of and see where you are. Yes. Which is amazing. Very fun. But when it comes to like an advice to kids, like to to young people, to anybody really, because again, in like. I feel like we're young. We're still figuring this yeah. life thing out. Yeah, we still don't know what we want to be. When we, I don't want to know. I don't want to grow up. Right. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Toys R Us that I could play with. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what? how do they listen to themselves? Because that is a hard thing yeah. to do, yes. particularly in our society. You mentioned that we are all so overwhelmed because we need to be something. Mm -hmm. We need to live a certain way. How do you listen to that part of you and accept the fact that it's okay to shift and move in different? You know, I, I've always had that voice in my head and, and she's never steered me wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of just tapping into that and really listening to, and I, I, I battle, like I battle in my brain all the time. What's right. What's wrong. What my therapist said, what I feel yeah. in my heart, I should do. Like it's a constant, um, battle, but it's hard and it's worked out in there somehow. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't have an answer, but you listen to it, which is yeah. great. You know, yeah. that's like, in one of our, one of our, theories is that that is your soul speaking you know that, mm. that the soul is the accumulation not just of your emotions but also your your thinking capacity and the things that the experiences that you've learned and learning from other people and having a support system is that combined yeah. idea um, needs to be heard and yes. needs to be you know yes. argued inside our minds there's a lot to be said and this is something else i've learned for this the quiet and the stillness because that's when you can listen to your mm -hmm. thoughts and your work that out. Um, even, you know, I see Troy most right here from him the most when I'm quiet yeah. and when I'm just being, and I never understood that, that term, just be, what does that mean? Just, yeah. be. how you just be, you know, <laughs> but now I get it. You just, you have that quiet. That's, and you know, even if it's just driving home and you're not listening to the radio, you're just mm -hmm. processing your day. I mean that there's something to be said for that time to yeah. just just kind of decompress yeah. and yeah i do you fear that quiet time obviously you don't fear that quiet no. time you crave it i do because i don't get it yeah being like i i um i i feel like the fact that i'm the sole parent i especially it's summertime like mm -hmm. there's no i'm never alone <laughs> you know and um and then there's the guilt that i come if i do pawn my kids off that the guilt that they don't want to go and why are you making me go there and i don't yeah wanna, and it's 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 but there's there really is not much time for me right now but that's okay yeah that's okay that's yeah. where I'm at but you you savor those moments I do then, I when try you to do get them back the gratitude yeah. and say at least yeah. I have things to do and they have purpose to get up and it sounds it sounds like and I'm sorry to cut you off mm -hmm. I I'm, I get excited yeah. I think a, really what I take away from interviewing you and having you with us today is that um, for both of your interviews I come away with this is a woman who's filled with an enormous amount of gratitude for her experiences and it's been a good life yes. even with the things that have happened and and yeah. the difficult things that those are you're looking at those things and 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 from that perspective of gratitude yeah. and that is yes. a really beautiful life you know yes. so we'll have to have her come back 
um, in 20 years <laughs> so we can interview and see, cause you're, you, you've, um, not that other people haven't expressed those things. Cause I mean, um, we've interviewed really great people so far and each of them have had this perspective of gratitude, but yeah. I really get that from you. Yeah. yeah. I have a sign in my dining room that says gratitude changes everything. And I just found it a couple weeks ago Wow. and it's like, that's the truth. That's yeah. the truth. So and with that, I mean, want to thank you first and foremost. Thank you so so much for being so open. Yeah. For for vulnerable. sharing this, being vulnerable, and this is one of the hardest things to do as a human yeah. being. And thank you for sharing the, your your story with Troy. Yes. Um. And and the girls, and uh, and I know that's very personal as well. For letting all of us. For, for letting all, all of us, us now. <laughs> and but one of the things that I do believe is that, and then this is the premise of a Soul's Quest, is that our share experiences. It's what really helps us become better humans mm -hmm. and better towards each other. And you're, um, you know, we don't want celebrities here. We want right. people, you know, and, and I and I don't want to use the terms like regular or average people because no, that's not the case. It's that we glamorize certain things and but we don't recognize the people that are really are in the weeds, yes. <laughs> you know, day right. in and day out uh, trying to make sense of the world. Uh, with obstacles, but also going back and doing everything that they can, as minute as it may look or seem, mm -hmm. to make the world a better place. Aww. And you do that beautifully by working at our, with our school district, beautifully by working with our, um, um, our, our teachers, our students, our guidance counselors, and working firsthand with you. It's, it was something that it was. I'm very thankful for that experience. And thank you for the, the therapy session. Uh, <laughs> I, <feel. laughs> I needed it too. So know. it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was like really, really awesome. So well, well, thank note. you so much yes, for, 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 um, uh, for being here. And uh, thank you for being a soul quest. Yeah. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. For, for being a part of our community. Yes. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're a soul quester now. You know that, right? Okay. okay. Good. Yeah, you'll get the shirt too. We're going to ask for the sizes later. The shirt is coming. I'm, I'm, I'm moving slow in that department. All right. Yeah. He's got a lot going on. Lots of balls in the air. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Terry's second part of her interview again. Um, if you like this, please make sure that you um, check out our website at asoulsquest.com. We'll see you next time. Bye, Soul Questers. Bye.